0: It's Andy's podcast, a podcasting podcast.
1: Two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Episode thirty-one.
2: Nine a.m.
1: Hello, you knackered backpacks. Hello, you grumpy tea bags. Hello, you half-ass Snapchats. How you doing? A big nod there towards the show I'm reviewing today, The Blind Boy Podcast. He always starts his show like that with a funny, embracing greeting that nods towards the surreal. Great stuff. Got a huge pod crush on this show. But I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, A few things before we kick off. I uh, I was a bit worried I'd get some backlash from the last podcast. Uh, where I was looking at some of the biggest shows in the Catholic podcast scene. But actually, no, not not really much. Um, one email from Jez in Manchester, basically asking why I didn't mention how badly the church has uh, treated the gay community. Um, you know, yeah, I was actually going to say something about that. And um, I couldn't quite get a right clip to illustrate the point. And then I had... The Christ Foreskin sketch in there. And then Bernie called. Um, So I was looking at a really mad long show. You know, it was already over an hour. Way too big for me. Like a double episode, really. So, you know, sorry, I just didn't get to that. But, yeah, you are right. Um, Father uh, Schmidt up in Minnesota does run a very hard line. And Taylor Marshall, uh, with his long tirades about effeminate bishops, They, you know, they're very intolerant and promote a horrible marginalization of the gay community which does lead to outright homophobia. But, you know, what can you do? Once you start unraveling something like the infamy and crimes and history of the church, you know, you could you could probably never stop. I mean, how deep is the ocean of shit you would like me to wade through? I mean, you know, it could be the subject of a podcast series in and of itself. But like I said, I'll be back into Catholic and religious podcasts someday in the future. Probably distant future. But this is, after all, one dad's quest to review every podcast in existence... ...while juggling kids, having a laugh... ...and fighting back against the capitalist extremists that are out to destroy humanity. And I will get to it. I will get to it all! But anyway, from the looks of the download stats for the episode... Um, a big drop off. I, I, a lot of you weren't up for an hour long deep dive into the Catholic podcast scene anyways, even though I did try and make it as funny as I could. And, uh, you know, so the feedback I have got is that there were multiple, you know, laughs and chuckles throughout the show, but I get it. It probably might have looked like a bit of a downer. You know, coming uh, immediately after my previous episode, which ended with my poem "Tell Me Lies About Capitalism," and also the show before that, uh, which was the eulogy to my brother's death. So, and it's also February, the darkest month of depression, uh, during a never-ending pandemic lockdown. So, yeah, maybe an hour <laughs> on Catholic podcasts was a bit much. One really interesting thing from the download stats uh, that popped up uh, like pretty much as soon as the catholic episode dropped um about 15 downloads rang up instantly from ghana which was very interesting it made me think either there's a group with a google alert uh in ghana with a google alert set up For any mention of the holy foreskin. Some kind of Ghanaian A-team. Who are still searching for Christ's magic foreskin. Constantly sweeping the web for clues and information. (laughs) I'd watch that show. NBC will get around to it sooner or later. (laughs) Either that. Or. uh, You know there could be some glitch in the system. With the download stats and locations. Or someone uh, has a VPN set up to register hits and downloads from Ghana, um, but they're going somewhere else. Maybe to some church media centre somewhere. wouldn't put it past them. You know, in 1900, they sent out a decree to stop people talking about Christ's foreskin on pain of excommunication. But, you know, you can't hide all those uh, medieval and renaissance pictures, lads. You can't hide the history. Or maybe the other thing with the Ghanaian downloads is that there are some priests who partook in the Rwandan genocide hiding out in Ghana and they have Google Alerts up for anyone talking about that. Possible. If there is, there's a lesson there. If you're going to do big crimes, lads, have the Google Alerts go to some other continent like Antarctica. Okay, what else? Talking about past shows, uh, Dear John and Jerrica are back for another season still uh superb damn funny stuff and oh sarah and andrea at gaslit nation dropped another scorching episode the other week called where is christopher ray check that out it's highlighting how the fbi is uh missing and not going after the real culprits behind the capital riots in which five people died and of course biden's uh just said he's going to keep ray as the head of the fbi of course Just like how Obama kept all those Republicans in positions of power uh, when he rode in on Hope and Change. Red Puppet, Blue Puppet. We've been played (laughs) again. What else? Oh, I've thrown up some YouTube video clips of stuff from previous episodes. You can find them on the YouTube channel. Uh, I did a version of the Holy Skin sketch with a bunch of the uh, pictures of classic medieval art. And there's uh, a version of the Capitalist Lies poem Oh, and uh, the Bernie Coles. Check them out. Uh, Please like and share them. What else? Oh, yeah, I'm really impressed with all of you taking part in flannuary. Baking all those flans. Posting all those pictures on Facebook and Instagram. Beautiful flans. Such beautiful pictures. You make me so hungry. I'm deeply envious of your baking skill. And then I find out it's a whole thing where you... You're raising money for those cat charities. Raising awareness about the skinless weasel. Didn't even know it was a type of cat. Actually didn't even know it existed. You're just beautiful people. I'm totally inspired. I think you've really inspired me. I think I'm going to give it a go. What else? Oh yeah, Texas. Texas, Texas, Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. Sad for them. Uh, but you know what? We're all fucking Texas, man. Capitalist extremists have destroyed the climate. Nobody owns the resources of the Earth. We're supposed to be custodians of the planet, so future generations of the species can live here. If you think Elon Musk's plans for Fire Island 2.0 on Mars, uh, or whatever, you're going to be pretty disappointed. There really is no Planet B. (laughs) We're scattering crisp packets and Amazon packing peanuts like some monstrous child all over the face of the earth. I don't know if it's too late, but we have to try and do something. We can retool our society away from psychotic, wetico, self-devouring cannibal capitalism. Yes, I said wetiko. Link in the transcript. It's an Algonquin Indian word. But Texas, my fellow humans, Texas is just a wee preview. Preview of the rich running away from all these regional climate change events. Okay, Um, that was it for housekeeping. No, no, oh man. The new Interzone album uh, finally got here. The mail's been really crazy slow lately, but I finally got my signed copy and it is brilliant. They're the lads who allow me to use uh, a few of their numbers on the show for various backing pieces. The album's called Eternal Fiction link to their Bandcamp page where you can buy a copy in the show notes and transcript. on bass holding it all together like funky mission control, and Mario on trumpet blasting you off into outer space. Who's providing your jazz? But I think you should switch to these
2: cats. 1 p.m.
1: Come on. Here's a flat one. serious? Five pink? Give us a flat one,
2: a flat one.
1: Oh, bastard. What am I going to do with that? Shit. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. It's just. Smoke. Damn it. It's okay. It's just smoke.
2: Uh, Closer, what's happening? It's okay. No,
1: no, we're okay. I'm just, uh, just a bit of smoke. What on earth are you doing? I was just trying to bake a flan. What is a flan? The uh, it's a kind of cake. Why are you baking? trying to everyone's doing it they're trying to bake some flans to uh, save the skinless weasel
0: I don't think
1: a cake can save a animal. No you you, you you do it and then you eat it you take pictures and then you donate to the charity Anyway it doesn't matter it's bad people are trapping the weasels and like getting the cream out of them Guys I'm sorry it's still zoom school can you please can you please go back to zoom school please Thanks here Blaze, where are you going, man? To see the flan No, you don't need to see it. It's out there. It's it's garden flan now, man. Leave it alone, Blaze. We don't eat garden flan. Come on. It's... <laughs> review.
2: <laughs> Time. <Thai. laughs>
1: Today, we're considering the Blind Boy Podcast. This is an absolute cracking show. It's like a secret little lecture club on all kinds of topics, from ruminations about world history to uh, great practical advice about managing your mental health with a real-world personal introduction and practical application of... uh, CBT Cognitive Behavioural Therapy I was recommended this pod From my old friend Mark Luscombe From Birmingham Cheers Munch, great referral, thanks a bunch Thanks a bunch Mr Munch Um, He (laughs) He recommended this show And he recommended me the uh, episodes Breaking down art history In particular how the CIA Funded and popularised abstract Expressionism So this show comes in about three uh, particular flavours. You get these sort of intimate lectures on topics like QAnon, Guinness, and how 9-11 was used to turn American tears into a straight-up corrupt colonial oil grab. And the host calls these kind of episodes his hot takes, his hot take episodes. In fact, it was one of these that launched me off. On my own research about the holy foreskin, which inspired me to write that sketch for the last show. So yeah, so there's uh, these hot takes that are very uh, interesting and inspiring, and then there's other episodes which are equally wonderful. Other episodes uh, have a more of a rich, playful, surrealist humour woven in, and he reads uh, his short stories with a Blue Jam, Joe Frank-style backing ambience going on, which is, you know, sort of kind of what I try to do at times on this show, but my core influences break more towards the uh, Python, Ken Nordine Firesign Theatre extreme. So anyway, he does that stuff, and then the third type is a more traditional interview episode where he talks to uh, all kinds of people like Adam Curtis, Roddy Doyle, and Spike Lee
0: my ma who's my ma's in her late 70s my ma got it into her head that I was interviewing Bruce Lee so and she also made me a bunch of she knew she, she thought I was interviewing Bruce Lee but doesn't matter she knew I was interviewing someone who to me was a fucking hero you know so she got that much Regardless of whether she thinks it's Bruce Lee or Spike Lee, but she made me uh, a lot of scones, a lot of scones with raisins in them, and demanded that th- demanded that these be given to Bruce Lee. So for the first half of the interview with Spike, he's chewing on shit that's my mother's scones. So apologies for uh, if if
1: that's annoying. He enjoyed them. So they say you should never meet your heroes, but this interview with Spike Lee is something else, man. It's beautiful evidence to the contrary. Educate me, because I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. What is the
0: situation today between Ireland and the UK? Um, Politically, it's 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 800 years of colonisation. Yeah, still, yeah. So, See that word again? Colonisation. Oh, there you go. And which Britain knows a lot about yeah Britain knows an awful lot about it. even look the wall behind I was only pointing out here that's orientalist you know that's their colonizing of boats yeah, uh, you just had to, to describe to, get to the get, listeners it's yeah. in, in and, the and, end in you had to get the tea but you've Chinese Chinese things in there too and you've got a peacock it's mixed in all the elements of the orient into one ladies and gentlemen we're talking about the, uh, the wall in this room the wall right. in this room yeah <laughs> is uh an orientalist motif and Mm -hmm. it's just it's pure british colonialism but it's one actually one thing i wanted to raise with you is irish americans now irish have a weird relationship with the british but what irish people also have a strange relationship with is irish americans in particular how irish there's
1: friction between irish americans and and irish people yeah. yeah because about what
0: how racist they are um, oh, Irish-Americans? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, come on. I said, ooh. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, there's been very... Even, I'll give you an example. Boston? Yeah. Irish-Americans. And historically, there's been friction between the black people very in Boston bad. and the Irish-Americans in Boston. I mean, that's like... For me, that when you said that, that jumped to my mind immediately. Are the... We say what the New York draft rights.
1: Mad class, that. Mad class. The lad, the lad has kissed the Blarney Stone, all right. In fact, I think he's ground up the Blarney Stone and is snorting the powder through a strode made from Daniel O'Donnell's hollowed-out finger bone. Just imagine, if you will, being a fan of Spike Lee, a filmmaker yourself, and you get 40 minutes with your hero, with the man. On one of these mad film promotion carnival things. I think this one was for uh, the great Black Klansman. So you get 40 minutes. Lot to say. Lot to cover. You know, you're also a little bit in awe. And you take him some of your monscons. Who uh, thinks she's made them for Bruce Lee. And it goes so well. You hit it off so well. That by the end of the interview, Spike's giving you his email. And asking you for your book. And making sure that you've signed it. Looking at my crystal balls. I'd say we'd have a very good, say, 60% chance of seeing a movie about the historical uh, visit of Frederick Douglass touring Ireland in the 1840s. So the host, writer and producer of the show is the Irish comedian, filmmaker and artist, Blind Boy Boat Club. He created this character with his mate, Mr. Crome back around 2010 when they were in a band together called the Rubber Bandits and they had a breakout comedy song um, which really launched them to fame called Horse Outside So this song did well it blew up you know millions of views on youtube and if you're from ireland or uk you probably saw it i didn't catch it um i was probably emigrated and living in chicago by that point um but one of the things you should know is that uh, blind boy wears uh, a plastic bag on his head um cheap corner store plastic bags um with you know basically the eyes and mouth cut out now, originally, they used Spa plastic bags, um, which is a corner store chain comparable to 7-Eleven over here. Very cheap, you know, thin uh, polythene plastic bags with a distinctive logo. And he talks, a, he talks a fair bit about his reasoning behind keeping the bag on as a performer, interviewer and podcaster. And he is keeping the bag on now as he podcasts. Although the bag is now no longer a spa one, uh, now he's using a bag from a local Irish grocery store because he doesn't want to be promoting the capitalist agenda of a large corporate franchise. And the bag and his choice to wear the bag on his head and the way the wider culture is dealing with the bag, uh, you know, it really triggers and enrages some people. It's really fascinating. Um, A lot of people try to dismiss his art because he wears a plastic bag. It's fabulous stuff. The personal is political, even down to the plastic bag you wear on your head when you're ruminating on the QAnon phenomenon or talking to Spike Lee. Actually, no fucking way did he wear the bag in that interview. Not a chance. If he made that kind of connection while wearing a fucking bag on his head, then, I don't know, that would be mad. You know, if he did, I'm going to put a bag on my head and go around to Spike's gaff now with a bottle of red-breast Irish whiskey. Try and talk myself into his next film. Anyway, these lads, the rubber bandits, did well on the back of the hit horse outside, and they developed their routine doing sketches on uh, Irish television and touring and developing more songs. Sort of following in the footsteps of acts like The Flight of the Concords, and they did eventually rock up at Edinburgh Fringe and did the business. Probably we should and could have seen a different story um, that sees them get picked up for successful TV series with, uh, you know, these Bandits characters uh, doing something like Trailer Boys meets Father Ted or something. But probably way better with a surrealist edge. But I don't know, TV comedy is mostly shit these days. And that didn't work out. Or maybe they just didn't choose to go that route. But one of their later songs um, got picked up and put in the Train Spotting Two soundtrack, that song's really good and worth checking out. Uh, it's called uh, Dad's Best Friend. More of a mature number than Horse Outside, and quite brilliant. Kind of like Mike Skinner makes the Fall or Prodigy. As always, links in the transcript. And so there was no big uh, rubber bandit sitcom or mainstream show, but they were and are still highly productive with all sorts of stuff you can find online. Anyway, this is a great podcast. Give it a listen. Treat yourself. He does swear a bit. A wee bit more than me, actually, so be prepared. Don't listen with the kids if uh, they're a little bit too young. He does drop the C word. Sometimes like this.
0: All right, God bless you. T- I'll talk to you next week. You can't.
1: <laughs> Sometimes like this.
0: There was a fella called Senator McCarthy. Irish name, unfortunately, the biggest cunts in America always have fucking Irish
1: names. And, you know, those are, like, the two extremes of cunt usage in the show right there. But you don't get upset. Words are just sound symbols, and you have to understand the culture and intent behind them. Like he says in his interview episode with uh, Dr Sharon Poole, the forensic psychologist.
0: Now, my thing is always... I'm about communication. So I think effective communication hang- happens in the language of the receiver.
2: Absolutely.
1: So whoever's receiving it, that's how you put it. So get on this show. Do yourself a favour. Subscribe and download a few episodes now. The Blind Boy podcast, a growing work of art, a standout piece of audio diary work, a comedic and intellectual hug in these cold, hard times. He gets five stars. Two thumbs up. A report of Maurizio Pallini hitting the creative floor.
2: I saw Maurizio Pallini play a late Beethoven sonata recently and I had a a strange
1: feeling for about five miraculous seconds that I didn't know whether he was putting the music into the piano uh, or whether he was taking it out of the piano. A bit of Nelson's pillar which was uh, blown up in Dublin in 1966. I found this chunk of it in my in-laws' attic over the summer. My father-in-law's from Dublin. I like to imagine him or his older brother running home with his as kids when they blew the thing up. That would have been a sight to see. What else? Oh, and he gets some craps last tape. Box three, Spoo. five,
0: in the world
1: Spoo. Poo! Happiest chpoux.
0: moment of the past
2: half Yes, it's number one. It's top of the pops.
1: What would you do if I sang out
2: of By electing John and the Reverend, you can make an immediate difference in your own lives, because their election. We'll put an end to the block in Washington on that $2,000 stimulus check. That money that will go out the door immediately. Would you stand up and walk out on? $2,000 stimulus check. That money that will go out the door immediately.
0: And there you had it. Rising up before us was the dawn of a new era. We'll be a strong and trusted partner for peace, progress and security. No,
2: no. Now
0: we're watching some breaking news tonight. Joe Biden has made his first big military move, launching airstrikes against a target in Syria. The Pentagon is calling it retaliation for an attack on U.S. personnel in
2: Iraq earlier this month.
0: And there you had it. The death sentence. Worst of all, no one else was even batting an eyelash. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. The Pentagon is calling it retaliation for an attack on U.S. personnel in Iraq earlier this month.
1: So? Sure. Retaliation for Iraq. Okay. And we must reject the culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. If you present events out of any historical context, it's no surprise when you find yourself pushing the propaganda of endless war. Sir, you killed uh, a million people in Iraq.
2: Ears and
1: Iraq, in historical context, an illegal invasion based on a proven lie about weapons of mass destruction.
0: The Pentagon is calling it retaliation for an attack on US personnel in Iraq earlier this month.
1: No, no. If you break into someone's house, steal all their shit, murder their family, you can't really call it retaliation. We'll be a strong and trusted partner for peace, progress, and security. If you look at what's happened over the last eight weeks and compare that's what really to what's happened over the last eight years, you'll see there's a tremendous difference. Tremendous difference.
0: So we have incredible leaders in the military and we have incredible military
2: and we are very proud of them. And this was another very, very successful mission.
0: And there you had it. Cornball or not, Gramps was a kindred spirit.
2: It does not matter if the war is not real. That victory is not possible. The war is not meant to be won. It is meant to be continued. I discovered the valley of the shifting, whispering sands while prospecting for gold in one of our western states. I saw the silent windmills, the crumbling water tanks, the bones of cattle and burros picked clean by buzzards, bleached by the desert sun. I stumbled over a crumbling buckboard nearly covered by the sands, and stopping to rest I heard a tinkling whispering sound and suddenly realized that even though the wind was quiet, the sand did not lie still I seemed to be surrounded by a mystery so heavy and oppressive I could scarcely breathe for days and weeks I wandered aimlessly in this valley seeking answers to the many questions that raced through my fevered mind where was everyone? Why the white bones the dry wells barren valley where people must have lived and died. Finally I could go no farther, my food and water gone. I sat down and buried my face in my hands, and resting thus I learned the secret of the shifting, whispering sounds. The snow at night is cold and white, deep in the heart of Texas. The electric bills are as big as hills. Deep in the heart of Texas Blood and soil, guns and oil Deep in the heart of Texas Home on the range, now with climate change Deep in the heart of Texas Now Abbott and Cruz will probably blame it on the Jews Deep in the heart of Texas We've got boastful abilities and unregulated utilities Deep in the heart of Texas so AOC brings money to me Deep in the heart of Texas But my rotten brain is full of capitalist jism Boy, howdy You know I'm gonna blame it all on socialism
1: yee And there you had it Tried, convicted, and hung. That's a wrap. If you like listening, please spread the word. Pick an episode you think someone you know might like, grab their phone, put it on their fucking phone, make them listen to it, please. And if you really want to help out, click the link and buy me a coffee. Four bucks, small amount of money, but a huge thing for me. Andy's Podcaster Podcasting Podcast is sponsored by the American Shoe Council. Over 30,000 years of bipedal history. Shoes, how else are you going to protect your feet? March is moccasin month. Stomp in comfort across the graves of the indigenous dead in genuine reproduction ethnic footwear made from the finest imitation animal skins available to prison sweatshops. Have a good one. Go easy on yourselves this week. If your flans collapse, if they end up a burning, soggy mess in the garden, we can clean it up. Don't eat the garden flan, no. though. That's for the birds. Bye bye bye! bye. <laughs>